Welcome to the SBS Tour de France podcast. It's sponsored by Zwift, the indoor training video gaming road to fitness. Used famously by riders in the pro peloton, Zwift is changing the game for indoor training. Structured workouts, group rides, races over endless kilometers of road. Get after your fitness training goals with Zwift. Learn more at Zwift.com to start your free seven-day trial. Bonjour, 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 and uh, welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central uh, podcast. And uh, before we start, let me remind you that you can uh, download, uh, stream, or even subscribe to our podcast from our website, sbs.com.au slash tdf, or by scheduling a ride with our lovely friends at Zwift. Joining me like every day uh, on this Tour de France is Dave McKenzie. Hey, Dave. You just can't get rid of me, can you? I'm hanging on like a bad smell. I'm Gerens, and you're from at a minute. <laughs> That's sort of... Uh... Well, I like to think, no, I like to think I'm Garrett and you're for him. So I don't know where you got that from. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> or maybe, maybe I'm Dumoulin. After, you, after your little Dutch proverb, I'm Dumoulin, actually. Not bad, not bad. <laughs> not bad way to start. Um, do we have any uh, special thing to mention before we start talking about cycling? I'm not sure. I'm, now you're making me nervous because I've been, I've been, I've, each day I, I find something on you and I, I get the wood on, wood on you and, you know, t- to your credit, you're a good sport. You, you, you've been soaking it up, but the sponge, I think, is full. So, I don't know. We'll see how we go. Uh, let's talk cycling then. Uh, we had a stage uh, up to uh, an, an airport, top of a mountain. First of all, what a beautiful setting we have here in Mont. It's actually, it is quite beautiful, isn't it? To be, to be uh, fair though, as you said, it's an airport. There's nothing around. Like the airport is on top of a mountain out of, out of Mont. In fact, a couple of K out of the centre of the town, isn't it? But all around us is just pine trees and forests, and it's amazing. It's an amazing airport, and this airport is still in use. Absolutely, and in, uh, it's, been, uh, it's been in use uh, for the Tour de France for the, the fifth time uh, today. It's a brilliant finish, actually, and it didn't disappoint, and that's what's good, because we did talk up, really, the finale. But even the breakaway, from 50 kilometres to go, and the names that were in the break, Sagan, Alaphilippe, um, Gilbert... They're all there, all big names. And uh, in the end, the Spaniard, no one would have picked him, uh, got the stage. So Omar Frel uh, win this stage. Uh, first, before we start debating, let's listen uh, from uh, the winner of the stage today. Uh, attack in the bottom because 1 minute 40 is so difficult couch and the feeling is good. And just try in the, in the bottom, the, the climb, uh, full gas, all climb, and it's possible couch. Okay, normally <laughs> I try in the last kilometer or in the sprint. But yes, it's the 1 minute 40, it's the, a lot of, um, okay, in the bottom, full gas, and maybe yes, maybe no. So that was Omar Frel, uh, the winner of the stage today in uh, the Tour de France. He had a gap and he went very courageously uh, because, because that was going quite fast at the back. It was. Look, he, his timing was to perfection. Jasper Stoyven, uh, you got to feel for the Belgian. I mean, 30 to 35 kilometres, he jumped away, dropped his initial two breakaway companions and just absolutely went full gas. And when he, when he was, he had a minute 40 at the base of that final climb, I thought, gee, it'll be pretty hard for anyone to catch him. But obviously we didn't realise that uh, failure was pretty fresh, fresh failure. <laughs> and um, Alaphilippe also tried, but he waited, he waited and waited, he had to. He didn't have much choice and he only had Phil Gilbert to help him. So, um, you know, if there had been a few more teams that had put, there were three teams, in fact, that had more than two, or two riders in that break, in that last split, they should have put one on the front. 
you know, so not good teamwork from the other teams, and I'll name them. Coffitus was one, Direct Energy, and I think there was another one. So they should have put their, they should have put their, you know, used up one of their men. You have to in a situation like that because Stoven at that point, he didn't look like he was going to get caught, and he only just got caught. 400 metres more, he would have stayed on the wheel of Omar Fralia because they went across the top and he would have stayed there. So Fralia's attack was perfect. But Fralia is, is a beautiful winner because he's, he's not uh, a minnow, he's not a new winner because he's won on a grand stage, on a grand tour before. He has, but he just has, he hasn't won at the Tour de France. So, um, but he's proven his quality. And he, look, he's won the King of the Mountains classification in two Vuelta Espanas. So... He's got some pedigree, and I was having a quick look at his uh, his CV over the years. You know, he's I think a stage win in Tour of the Basque, stage win in Romandie. So he's he's got some class. And I think the Wikipedia page mentions that he's a rider for breakaways. He proved it today. <laughs> oh, didn't he? He lived up. Maybe he opened his page this morning and updated it himself and said, "I'm on I'm on the march." Oh, on the way, you know, on his mobile phone. <laughs> maybe, maybe he did. What 4K from home? You reckon? <laughs> okay. The other surprises. Uh, let's start. Sagan, Peter Sagan, never stops to surprise us. He almost made me look silly because in the live, in the top of the show with Tomo, I said, Tomo asked me the question, can Peter Sagan win? And the break had already been established, so we were discussing the break. And I said, no, no, he, he can't win today. And as I said it, I thought, oh, gee, oh, dear, what have I done? <laughs> and he, look, he didn't win, thankfully. No, not thankfully, but um, I would have been quite happy if he had a one to be proven wrong. Let's have a listen to uh, Peter Sagan. Oh, well, I didn't expect I was going to, to the breakaway today and I just found myself in the front and after I, what I'm doing here, okay, then I take some points and after I'm going to be dropped. But in the end, I was dropped twice in the last climb and I turned back again in, in the first, gr uh, first group, the main group. And after uh, so yeah, went alone. And uh, after, yeah, we were pulling until the last climb and after I said, okay, we'll see what's going to happen. I just go my tempo and if I'm going to be fifth, six, seven, eight, it's, it's okay. And in the end I was four. I'm happy for that. Tomorrow, survive, as always. So that was uh, Peter Sagan. I mean, he mentioned in his, in, his, in his comments, tomorrow again, survive. That's his only target, survive. And he said that yesterday as well. He wants to survive. He does better than surviving. He's at the, he's at the forefront of this race. His survival is going for a stage win, a random stage, you know, that no one would have picked him. Uh, he, what, did he finish fourth, I think, on the stage? I mean, and and significantly too, the, the lead in the green jersey competition for him now, I don't know for sure, but again, I think it's possibly one of the biggest leading margins at this point ever in the history of the green jersey comp i'm not sure if we if you go back to the days of eddie merckx bernardino uh, like that maybe there were some big blowouts but well, he's going to win by more too he's going to win by a massive amount of points like it's crazy and he's going for the six green jersey that's unreal six out of seven tours and if the uci hadn't buggered up and and dq'd him last year he would have won seven or he'd be going for number seven seven and by like seven of seven you know that is that the so the first tour de france he rode he won the green and he's won it ever since apart from last year if you if we remove the dq he's on almost 100 result rate i think we i think we should go back into the record books and, and we should take it to court i think the people should t go to court for him and try and get it quashed uh no, actually no we don't want to do that because michael matthews won it <laughs> whoops sorry <laughs>
we removed that I think from the <laughs> podcast not uh, <laughs> losers of the day no other than Roman Bardet I think he's lost time again and he looks fragile on the climbs and he did look fragile today it's not looking good for Roman Bardet at all uh, look it just it hasn't worked out for him has it I mean this year he he did so much homework too coming into the year I mean I remember back in February he did a Rico of the Paris-Roubaix and he actually rode well he lost 7 seconds across the Parvay in Roubaix so um, look, he had a great uh, he had a great day there, but he's just uh, he's just struggled little bits here and there. It's cost him, you know. The team's time trial cost him time, so he's just lost bits and pieces. Um, he hasn't ridden badly, but then today he just suffered. So you know, and he shouldn't have lost time today. And uh, if we look at the the GC, so Garant from Dumoulin finished together. This GC is very tight, and but Dumoulin looks good. Because he's, he was able to stick with those guys, and still we still have this, bat, this sky battle at the top with Garens holding on to Froome. And Thomas looked the best. I know it was only a three-kilometer climb, or the, yeah, it was about three kilometers in length. It was steep. Thomas looked the best. Now that sort of climb suits him. How will he fare in the Pyrenees? But I mean, if the Alps are anything to go by, and by the way, all these experts talking up. The Al- are comparing the Alps and the Pyrenees that they're so, so different, they're not. Okay, one, you might get a climb that's steeper and Alpe d'Huez has got 21 hairpins. I'm just talking about the length and the gradient. There's no big difference. Yes, okay, the roads are older in the Pyrenees, but the climbs are climbs. Um, and basically it'll be the recovery of G. And, you know, he's got to go deep in the third week and he's never done that when he's been trying to win a Grand Tour, or he hasn't tried to win a Grand Tour, I should say. So that's the question mark. Froome looked a bit flaky on this uh, on this climb. Uh, is there anything to go by by this, or can we relate to what happened at the Vuelta as well before, earlier on last year, or later on last year? Because he looked flaky at some point, but then he just walloped everybody else. Can we read anything on the fact that he looked flaky today? No, absolutely, but you're right in the same point. It was a legitimate flaky. <laughs> we'll ask him, were you flaky today? And he'll go, what, what do you mean? Um, no, it was legitimate. There was no, I don't think he was, uh, I think he was, he just knows how to ride within himself. I mean, the guy's won, you know, what, six grand tours? You know, he's one of the best. He's the best of the generation. So he knows better than anyone when you, you know, at the end of two weeks racing, uh, it would have been interesting if they'd surged again, if he would have reacted. I think he was just riding within himself, but he was struggling just a little bit. But so too was Dumoulin, and then he came back and attacked, uh, and then Froome attacked him. So what we're seeing is those three are even, but what about what about the Slovenian? Roglic. How good's he? How good's he? We've got to pump his tyres up a bit because he's been brilliant. And the Slovenian can time trial and he's proving that he can climb. This guy could be the first Slovenian in the history, I don't know, the history, to finish on the podium as well. Of the Tour de France. Of the Tour de France. You know, that's that's massive. You know, and I think, I, I hope all the other press are giving him plenty because this is... Uh, brilliant i think he's been under the radar a little bit and look he probably doesn't care Roglic, but what a, what a great performance from him today you were right because um, on one the transitional stages there you said this yesterday but they are interesting to watch there was lots of attacking today i mean of course there was a the breakaway and a massive gap with a with the the, the peloton but uh, altogether the finish was very very interesting it was i mean it was yeah it was on wasn't it it was on at both ends two races in one and Yes, that, that general classament battle, you're just seeing, we're seeing it take shape. And 
you wouldn't have thought it on a day like today. I mean, we did, we did say there could be some gaps, but even on a three-kilometre climb, you're seeing the general classement just get its... Well, it's setting itself. You know, it's like it's setting itself now for the Pyrenees. It's a freeway battle. Oh, yeah. It's big time, big time. But... Look, and Roglic is, uh, he's probably a little bit too far back to cause any big damage uh, to Froome, um, Thomas, and, and possibly even Dumoulin. But stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened in Grand Tours. So uh, I'm, not, I'm not prepared to predict anything at the moment. Something tells me that this tour is yet to deliver the surprises that uh, we uh, are all expecting. Thank you, uh, Maka, for, for this uh, insight on the race today. We'll take a short break. And then when we come back, we'll have a look at uh, the last uh, stage before the race day, uh, which is happening tonight on SBS. Don't go anywhere. Where can you go for a group ride that numbers in the hundreds? Or train for a fondo with friends across the globe? Day or night, there's a massive peloton on Zwift. If you're a fan of this podcast, you've heard us raving about it. Zwift has revolutionized the way we ride, and it's made indoor training more than tolerable. It's actually made it quite fun. Explore hundreds of kilometers of road with your mates in real time. If you're watching the tour, and why wouldn't you be watching the tour? you'll recognize Alp de Zwift. The mountain matches up to Alp d'Huez, one of the most famous climbs in the tour, meter for meter. Get Zwifting with seven days free at Zwift.com. And uh, welcome back to the Zwift Cycling Central uh, podcast. And now uh, it's time to look at uh, what's coming up tonight on your screens directly from uh, France, from the Tour de France. And it's uh, a stage, 181 kilometers uh, and 500 meters. I always uh, need to be precise on this. Going from Mio to Carcassonne. Um, that's going to be an interesting stage. And in Mio, uh, some beautiful scenery to start with because there is one hell of a crazy bridge in Mio. Oh, really? I didn't know about this. You didn't know. It's, <laughs> it's, I think, the highest bridge in the world. And it's stunning. There's a motorway on it. Uh, check it out. What? Come on. I am not even kidding. Check it out. That just shows, it shows how little research I've done on this stage. But what I can tell you, we go through the Tarn. My, my partner in my tour group business lives in the Tarn. And it is, it is a beautiful wine region. And it's actually... It's not as big or popular as some of the regions uh, that we've heard about, you know, obviously Bordeaux, Côte d'Oron, uh, all these areas, but it is a stunning region as we make our way towards Carcassonne, 181 kilometres. Look at that. There's a dirty... I mean, if you're a rider in the Tour de France, you'd be a little bit like... There's a climb, 1,200 metres in length, 12 kilometres, 40 kilometres from the finish. You'd be like, come on, come on, Christian, as in Prudhomme. Seriously, mate, what are you trying to do? Bury us into the ground? And actually, it's even 40 kilometers from the rest day because the next day, the riders are going to have to rest. That's really tough to have them going, you know what, you thought it was going to be nearly finished. I have this climb to finish it. Oh, totally. But you know what it does do? And, and in all seriousness, it's very smart from the race organizers. These are transitional days, no matter what way you look at them, whether they're pan flat sprint stages or days like this because they're transitioning across to the Pyrenees. It's totally a day for a breakaway. It will not be a sprint stage, 100%. 
and I'll say that and then the peloton will roll along and make me look silly again but it will not it'll be a breakaway this day for sure yeah you said this and then still Sagan wins it yeah <laughs> bloody Sagan he just ruins just ruins the party for everyone doesn't you know he? what you tell him next time you see him <laughs> I don't know oh, and I won't because you actually let's just quickly touch on that You were in the mix zone uh, 24 hours ago. It was one of the one days that I wasn't in there because I had to stick around with our the head honcho, Mike Tomalaris. Tomalaris? What did Robbie call him? Tomalaris. 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 <laughs> anyway, you were in the mix zone and the Slovakian TV crew, there was obviously they've done a bit of a comedy skit on him in Slovakia. We don't, We haven't seen it. We don't know what it's about, and we don't know if it's got a bit personal, but he's, you tell the story, but the press officer wasn't too happy. Yeah, all we know is that the press officer was almost shouting at those guys, preventing them to record anything, any show, <laughs> any, any pictures, but even talking to, uh, to Sagan, and they were saying, you will not talk to Peter Sagan anymore. That, that, imagine if that would happen for uh, any of the Australian writers or anything. Like, imagine if you're the national television and this happened. But it was relatively concerning because you go, he's not being so nice with them. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder. I'll, let's reserve judgment until we... I'm, I'm actually going to scour the scour the YouTube and the web. So if you're listening, I don't know, jump on and put Peter Sagan Slovakian TV. Google search it the lot. And if you can find it, let us know because there was obviously something went down. And yeah, black imagine imagine I mean imagine uh, Gero in his prime, in his absolute prime, and then they suddenly ban us from talking to him. I mean that'd be you'd almost be sacked from the network. I'd yeah, think. even Kedel. Imagine Kedel at the time when he he was really competing or won that, that race. If you would be banned to talk to your national rider, that would be a disaster. Well, I, geez, I think he banned a couple of networks a couple <laughs> of times over the years as well. More more so when he was with Lotto in the, through during the Lotto days. So yeah, you go and ask him. Uh, about <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well, sure. Okay. Cool. Uh, thank you, Maka. Uh, it was uh, great to have you in the podcast again. And then uh, thank you. Uh, you've just been listening to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or even subscribe to this podcast. And actually, don't hesitate to subscribe because it's a convenient way for you to uh, get updated uh, from our website, sbs.com.au slash TDF. And there's a little uh, podcast icon on the top. Uh, or from our lovely friends at Zwift, where they have uh, SBS special rides throughout the Tour de France. This is it for today. And until uh, the next podcast, it's bye for now. quick shout out from our sponsor before we go if you're looking for a new way to ride without traffic or punches getting in your way hop on zwift we use it your cycling buddies probably use it and the pros they definitely use it zwift turned indoor training into a full-on gaming experience connect your pc mac or apple device and you'll pedal with thousands of cyclists around the world and there's a good chance you'll see a pro on there too Loads of them are on Zwift on their rest days, riding around Wattopia. Give them a ride on if you see them. If you've got a trainer, start your free trial on Zwift.com.